Life Audio. The How to Study the Bible podcast is brought to you by BibleStudyTools.com and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith affirming podcasts, visit LifeAudio.com. I think sometimes it feels like our faith has been hijacked by fear and discouragement and guilt. It's not been about being set free to love and to joy and to confidence. And what we find in this letter is that John is going to encourage us towards that love, joy, and confidence. Hello, my friends. 2022. Welcome back to How to Study the Bible. I'm your host, Nicole Eunice, and I am deeply encouraged to be with you today. I'm going to try not to talk too fast and get too excited, but I've just been looking forward to getting back with you uh, week by week, looking at God's Word together, learning and exploring and discovering what God has for us here at this little corner of the internet that we get to share together. I want to thank you for just your faithful participation for this community. Um, thank you for your emails, for your reviews, for all 205 reviews that you've written, um, at least especially in iTunes um, for this podcast. And I want you to know that when you subscribe, when you review, it actually helps other people find the podcast. And if you found this encouraging and you want to use this as a vehicle to uh, share your faith and encourage those around you, please feel free. You can share it in your socials. You can share it in a text message straight from your phone. So if you're not as familiar with podcasts, there's just a couple of uh, ways that you can get that message out there and get it to your friends. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being my friends. Thank you for letting me be on this journey with you. This is a place of deep encouragement for me. It's also a place of accountability. It really is that that this is a place where I get to continue to grow and learn along side of you. So we are all on this journey together. I'm not coming from the position of an um, expert or a uh, teacher. I'm really just coming as a fellow student. Um, we all get to follow Jesus together and explore together and ask questions together. And that's what we're going to be doing. So one more thing I want to let you know about before we get into 1 John, we're going to be studying 1 John for the next month together, the next four episodes. And then it's going to be the season of Lent, which is on the traditional church calendar, the 40 days leading up to Jesus's death and resurrection that we celebrate at Easter. And so for this year for Lent, we want to do a series called How to Pray. And we're going to be looking closely at the Lord's Prayer together. And we've got some companion materials for you, a study guide. We're going to be using our Facebook community again to walk through that six-week study together. So all you have to do, if you already signed up for Romans, you're already in the group. You don't need to do anything. But if you're new to our community and you want to take another step of just encouragement and a little bit more guidance through uh, week to week in the podcast, then go to NicoleEunice.com slash how to pray, just all one word, how to pray, and you'll find a little page there that'll give you some more information. You can sign up to receive that study guide right to your inbox, as well as an invitation to our Facebook community if you want. You don't have to, but you can. So NicoleEunice.com slash how to pray. It's in the study notes as well. We are going to start that up together in March. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. 
Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. We're going to take a look at a letter together, and that letter is First John. And I'm going to set it up today. Um, we're going to be kind of going through this relatively quickly. It's a very short letter, but it's very rich. It's very deep. It has a lot to offer us. And truly, um, this letter particularly is going to challenge some of the ways that we look at Bible study. So I want to give you some guidelines as you start to engage with this letter. So the book of 1 John is written, it's pretty much undisputed that it's written by the Apostle John. That would be the same Apostle who wrote the Gospel of John. And we're going to see some really beautiful connections between the Gospel of John and this letter of 1 John. And as we begin to open up this letter, um, I want you to remember that this is a letter of of fellowship. This is a letter of blessing. This is a letter of joy. This is about a message of the uh, joy that we find in the assurance and certainty of our faith in Christ. And when you kind of give the, the letter a first read, you might be like, well, Nicole, it's also really challenging, which it is. But I think it's important that we set the tone that this is a message of joy. And here's why I know that that is the tone of this message. First John Chapter 3, verse 4 says this. This is how I know that this is a message of joy. First John, in the first few verses, right in chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, often you guys know we do this often in Bible study. We're going we're gonna to try to understand where the author is going, and a lot of times we can find that out by looking at the very beginning and the very end to just kind of get a feel, right, for where we're going. So in verses 3 and 4 in First John chapter 1, it says, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. I love that. So we've got that fellowship. This is a letter of fellowship. We have that this is a letter of joy. And then I pulled from John chapter 13, verse 17, because John would have been there listening to Jesus say these words. And Jesus said, if you understand these things I have just done for you, you will be so deeply blessed if you just put them into practice. So the setting of this letter is fellowship, blessing, and joy. 
And the setting of this letter is, again, John from an older perspective. So this this letter was written um, several years, like after John was a young disciple, and he's seen the early church start to spread. And this letter was a pastoral letter, really from like an older, older person's perspective of what kind of assurance and confidence we can have in our faith. And he's reiterating the message of what our faith is really about. I think sometimes it feels like our faith has been hijacked by fear and discouragement and guilt. It's not been about being set free to love and to joy and to confidence. And what we find in this letter is that John is going to encourage us towards that love, joy, and confidence. Now, I promised you that there was going to be a part of this letter that will challenge our Bible study. So um, we know this. You guys know that I have given you this method, these four questions that we ask in the Alive method that you just got a review on because we rebroadcast those uh, throughout the month of January. And these four questions, they do have limitations. And one of those limitations is that when we do use these four questions, we can often approach scripture with a really like linear view, meaning like we're looking for point A to point B to point C, which does work in lots of the Bible. But there are parts of the Bible, poetry and narrative and some letters, where it doesn't quite feel as linear. And First John is a great example of that. First John is more circular, meaning John is going to return to themes over and over again in the letter. We're not going to just move from one theme to the next theme to the next theme. We're going to hear those themes kind of circling around over and over again as we read the letter. So here's what I want to encourage you to do if you're looking for a way to spend a few minutes in Bible study. What I'd love for you to do is to read the whole letter, read all five chapters of the letter, and maybe in your journal or in your Bible study, just go ahead and write down some of the questions that you have as you read the letter. Because even as we open up the first chapter, we're going to hear about light and darkness. That's going to be repeated again. We're going to hear about love and fellowship. That's going to be repeated again. So we're going to keep kind of hearing some of the same themes over and over again. And because of that, it may be a good idea to write down some of those questions that you might have or some of those observations that you have, because we're going to go in and out of those themes throughout this next month. Okay, so I'm going to give you just a heads up on a couple of some of what those themes are going to look like in this letter. So a couple of themes that you may want to look out for is that we're going to be learning about true doctrine. The idea here is that John wants to make sure that he's correcting any deviation from the truth of the grace of Jesus Christ that we have through faith. And these deviations have been discussed, like why, what is he addressing? Is he addressing Gnosticism, which we'll talk about? Is he addressing different controversies that were coming up in the early church? Yes, guys, from the beginning, there have been controversies. Like we are in controversies right now, and there's always been those. And then we've got these leaders who help kind of direct us back to the true faith. And that's one of the things that we're going to see here is that John is going to be directing us back to true doctrine. A second theme that we're going to find here is in obedient living. What does it actually look like to live out our faith? Our faith is not based on works. However, our faith does require us to participate with God in the way that he is transforming us more and more into the image of Christ. There's this weird like thing that has developed, I think, that can develop in us. It's black and white thinking. Well, no, because my faith is not based on work, I don't need to work on my faith. 
Or we've got the other side of it, which is like, no, I do need to work for my faith and my salvation is always in question. If I'm not being good enough, then my salvation is in question. Neither one of those are true. In fact, what 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 we are what we do know to be true and that we're going to see again in first John is that God has called us to faith and he's called us to keep in step with him as he is conforming and transforming us more and more into the image of Christ. So we're going to hear about that here. And then the third thing is just this devotion, a devotion to Jesus Christ, a fierce faith in Jesus is going to be a theme that we're going to see happening again and again in this letter. So if you want to look for those themes and then maybe even write questions, if you have questions underneath those themes, I think that would be a great way to go. So I want to look at just two, or I'm sorry, three verses today um, in first John chapter one, and then we're going to wrap here with our live method questions, what we, what sort of develops from here, and then we'll pick it up again next week. Okay. So first John one verses seven through nine. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses, continually cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com. To join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Okay, first question in the Alive Method. What does it say? And as you look at this, you're going to see some different word pictures that develop, right? You might see some repeating ideas. A couple of those repeating ideas is this idea of walking in the light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, that's a repeating idea. We have this repeating idea of being cleansed, right? We see this two places where it says Jesus' son cleanses or continually cleanses us from sin. And then it says it again in verse 9, right? This cleansing idea. And then we've got sin is being talked about, right? There's three places in these three verses that sin is mentioned. So we start to see, okay, what does this actually say? And what I love about this particular passage is, man, this is just like one of those passages that you just want to put in your pocket and memorize and know it. 
because it is the the truth of our salvation. It is the truth of what gives us the freedom and confidence to love one another. It gives us the freedom and confidence to live without regret and without guilt. And it gives us a clear pathway to understand how Jesus Christ works in our life and how we can experience cleansing from our sin. That's just right there for us. We don't even have to do any backstory to see that that's what we have in front of us, okay? Okay, the second question, though, is what is the backstory? So I've given you a ton of backstory on the whole letter, and that can kind of help you get going. I want to give you one more amazing piece of backstory here in this first nine verses of First John. When you take a look at it, if you are a student of the Word, you may notice that it sounds kind of familiar. Some of these themes sound familiar. Did anyone notice that? And what you're going to find is that these themes that are developing in 1 John in these first few verses are the same themes that develop in the Gospel of John in the first chapter, in the first verses. And I just love that, you guys. I mean, I love just a little treasure like that because it takes these words off of the page and it actually gives us a sense of the man who held the pen who held the pen and recorded his experience of walking with Jesus, who held the pen and recorded this letter to encourage the churches, who saw from the beginning, just this beginning seed of what would be our faith, what it would mean to be followers of Jesus Christ. He got to see all of that develop. And then he's writing to us from his elder years, looking down at the church to say, hey, I want to remind you of the truth of our faith. And what you're going to find in First John is that whenever you get confused or you're not sure where it's going, I want you to remember the hand that held the pen. And you can go to the Gospel of John and look at these stories of Jesus as a way to remember and to understand what John is talking about, because he lived those out. That was his lived experience of the Bible. And so when we see these ideas of darkness and light, when we see this concept of Jesus being the Word and what Jesus did, we're going to see those concepts actually repeated in John, right? So that's part of the backstory that we get to take here. Okay, our third question is, what does it mean? What does this mean for us? What are the principles that we see here? And of course, you can pull several principles just from these three verses. But the thing that I wrote down as a principle is that there is a process to our forgiveness. There is a process to our forgiveness, and there's a process to our righteousness. And that's actually really good news, because I think a lot of us think, like, am I forgiven? Have I forgiven? What do I do with the fact that I keep messing up and I keep making mistakes, right? Because we all keep say, keep making mistakes. If we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, it says in verse 8. And this really gives us that, like, there is a process to our forgiveness. There is a process to our righteousness. And then that fourth question, what does it mean for me? Well, I find that in verse 9, we get our application right there. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Now, people can get really hung up here, though, because just because it's a process doesn't mean that it's like a, uh, a hex or a formula or some sort of like ritual that's going to keep you from God because God is God and God is powerful. Sometimes people, depending on how they were raised, might have this sense of if I don't confess every single sin I've ever done, and if I can't name every single one, then I won't be forgiven. That is 
not what this says. It does not say that you need to to understand and confess every single specific sin that you ever do in a day, every single day, or somehow that's going to keep you from heaven. That's not what it says. What this passage does say is that we do have to confess our sins, that there is a first step in our salvation. And this is a salvation verse, right? This verse says, hey, this is how it works. If you confess your sins, God forgives you. Like it's not, he doesn't say that you're faithful and just so he forgives your sins. It says because he is faithful and just. God actually relies on his own character for the way that we experience forgiveness. So it's not actually about your character. The part that we play in it is actually admitting that we need a savior, admitting that we sin, that we've fallen short, that there's things that we have left undone, that there's things that we've done that we shouldn't have done, and that all through our life we do this. There's the first step when we first acknowledge that we need a Savior, and that is our salvation. And then there's the process where we come back into fellowship with God as we confess our sins. I think that's why it's important when we go to the How to Pray series that God gave us a prayer. Jesus actually gave us a way to pray, and in that way to pray, there is confession as part of that way to pray. So What does it mean for me? Well, I think it's important for you to consider what is your rhythm of confession? What does that look like for you? How do you come to the Lord? Um, And how do you ask for forgiveness and then have confidence that he forgives you and that you are made righteous? That you don't have to like worry that you're somehow going to be left out or or somehow that you have fallen so short that you can never recover because God forgives us based on his character, not based on ours. And that is incredibly good news. So that's what we have for this week, you guys. Thank you for being here. We're going to take on First John chapter 2 next week. Write down those questions. Send them in. Come Contact me on socials. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want. Nicole Eunice would love to hear your questions. And we will address those as we continue together through this incredible letter about fierce faith. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of lifeaudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that, plus a link to Nicole's site, in today's show notes. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on on your favorite podcasting app.